Ladies and gentlemen, please be seated for the best of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. time for our annual best of episode here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Nick Hart. Right out of the gate, I have to thank you for tuning in to this episode. It's been a while since we put out an edition of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Of course, what with the season coming to a premature end and us being uh, stuck in isolation, social distancing during all this time. I'm coming to you from Isolation Station. You've probably seen me doing the one-on-one interviews on the Penguins social media pages with the players back at their homes and or wherever they have considered home base during isolation times. Things are getting hot outside. I am in desperate need of a haircut But, hey, I know I'm not alone uh, right now in that scenario. So uh, what we're going to do right now, if you're not familiar with what this is, this is our best of episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast where we're going to pass the time together by revisiting some of our favorite moments from this season here on the Penguins podcast. Now, we had 10 unique individual episodes this season or at least uh, 10 episodes of interviews with players and what we did is we went back and we combed through and picked out some standout moments from those interviews those chats with the Penguins players throughout the season it was uh, kind of interesting going back and revisiting a lot of those episodes to pull the clips for this now uh, best of extravaganza if you will interesting to go back this season um, perhaps more than previous seasons. I don't know if this is coincidence or not, but this was a year where we got a lot of really um, insightful interviews, uh, players willing to be super candid. We got some really interesting answers depending on how the conversation flowed. Those of you that listen all the time, you know that we try and have fun. We like to laugh. We like to have a good time. But to, but to go back and listen and hear some of those, uh, just the, the great things that are going on in the minds of these Penguins players, talking about some trials and tribulations or sometimes things that aren't even going on in the world of hockey. You know, it was a really cool year going back and revisiting it. Whenever you're in the, the throes, or at least I can speak to my own personal experience, whenever you're in the throes of a season and you're worried about getting ready for the next game, the next practice, the next assignment, the next breakaway, or producing the next podcast, sometimes, you know, you, you can't see the wood through the trees. You're just worried about moving on to the next thing and going back and revisiting. I think it was a really cool year and a really fun year for the Penguins podcast. We did laugh and have those really good times, but there were certainly a lot of moments, too, where the players were just absolutely awesome opening up a little bit and being uh, personable and and candid throughout these interviews but once again we now have our favorite moments the best of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast from the 2019-20 season I mentioned before that we had 10 episodes to go through that does not include our holiday special episode 
that is still considered a non-canonical episode of the Wilkesbury Scrads and Penguins podcast. It is still up on the Penguins SoundCloud page in iTunes if you want to give it a listen, but uh, you will not hear anything from the holiday special on this best of episode. Just the episodes that were the face-to-face interviews between myself and the Penguins player, whoever was my guest on that given episode. And as we begin this best of episode with the Penguins podcast. Let's begin with a conversation that I had with one of the players uh, right at the beginning of their respective episode. Our very first clip that we're getting into today is going to be from the episode where I had Brandon Hawkins on as my guest and very, very early on in that interview. We had to talk about some travel woes that Brandon Hawkins had being called up and sent down between Wilkesbury and Wheeling throughout the season. And uh, let me tell you, folks, the life of a professional athlete, they absolutely love it. They wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. But it's not always as glamorous as you may think. They're not always limousine riding, jet flying. No, no, sometimes it's very, very different than what you might imagine. And, well, Brandon Hawkins found that out this season. And you know what? I, I won't talk about it. I'll let Brandon Hawkins tell you all about some of his uh impromptu travel arrangements and some of the terrible, terrible luck he had between getting between Wilkesbury and Wheeling and whatnot. And this is our very first clip of this year's Penguins Podcast Best of Episode. We'll touch a little bit more on the wheel in a little bit, but I wanted to ask you about uh, your travel arrangements to get here. Did you make it to the WB AOK this time around because I know earlier in the year you had some issues. Uh, yeah, I, I made it a, a lot easier this time. Actually, I got a new car, so the, the Volkswagen's gone. Rest in peace. R.I.P. I, I bought a new car. It was a lot easier to get here this time. What happened the first time? Let the people know. Uh, you were called up. I was called up, and I left about 4 p.m. right after practice in Wheeling, and my fiance was with me, Callie Flanagan. She's on the USA national team. And we're driving along. We stopped, got dinner in Pittsburgh. We figured, why not? And then got on our way here. 10 o'clock rolls around. We're about two hours out, and we're right outside of uh, Penn State College. And my alter- I blow an alternator. Mm-hmm. My car just totally shuts down. <laughs> we sat on the road for two-plus hours waiting for a cop to come help because my flashers went out, so we were sitting there blind. Like, this and, is a total power down, oh, basically. Oh, yeah, total power down. I had no power throughout the whole car. And State Cop finally showed up two hours after we called them, uh, and they were responding to a um, an accident that was, like, on the total opposite side of the highway. So right. it, was, it was tough for them to get there. So I was just thankful they got there when they did. We then called an Uber to come sit behind us and flash their lights for us. So I had to pay the guy to come sit and do that for us so for wait, a good so, 45 minutes. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt your story, but you called an Uber mm-hmm. just to sit behind you yeah. and have his blinkers on. Yeah. How did that conversation go? Uh, I basically called him. Well, Callie called him. And yeah. We're on speaker, and I go, hey, man, look, I'll just I'll throw you 50 bucks if you come sit behind my car for 25 minutes. <laughs> like, Otherwise, we're sitting ducks. Yeah, right. we got 18 wheelers going 80 miles an hour next to us. And yeah. So it, was, uh, it wasn't too bad, and then the cop showed up, and – about an hour and a half after that, the tow truck showed up. So we're right around 1.30, 1.30 a.m. And finally, the tow truck gets to us. They tow us to the place in at Penn State. I call an Uber. An Uber takes us all the way from Penn State to Wilkes-Barre. We get here about 3 a.m. right oh, around that time. God. 
Uh, I had to be at the rink at 8 a.m. the next day and, and practice. And you know what? Hey, I was, I'm just happy to be here and, and try to contribute as much as I can. So I, I took full advantage of it, and I thought I had a pretty good day the next day. With five hours of sleep, felt like I was back in college. <laughs> back in college, just go to bed late, late nights, and then yeah. get up early and get like back on the one ice. One of those all-night study days. It's, yeah, exactly. It's not ideal, but you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to pull it off. And through all of that madness, Uber blinkers and state cops and stopping in the middle of the state car, total power down, you did make it here. And now this time around, much, much smoother. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thankful for the new car. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. That 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 is an all-time travel story because people talk about all the time guys getting called up, sent down from uh, Pittsburgh to Wilkes-Barre, making that drive a bunch of times, or same thing, wheeling to Wilkes-Barre, making that trip a bunch. And some wacky stuff can happen from time to time, but I think a complete and total power down in the exact middle of the trip. Well, there's there's a second part of that story. Wait, there's a part two? So, so Wait a minute. I, when I got sent the down. sequel. When I got sent back down after my car got fixed. Okay. I went back down and Callie was playing in Pittsburgh in the rivalry series with Canada. Yes. And I was on my way back from one of their, one of their day, whatever they were doing. And my alternator went again. Again. So the same is, thing? So this is two weeks apart. Two weeks okay. apart. Same thing. Alternator blue. And at this point, I'm in Bridgeville. So yes. I was right by the Top Golf. Yeah, I know exactly so what you're talking about. So I was about. able Very I was like on I got off like luckily my car powered down on the highway. I rolled all the way into the Sunoco that's there. I know exactly what you're I talking got a, about. I got a car car to jump me. So uh-huh. I he jumped me. I started driving up the the on-ramp and it died again. Okay. So I'm like, "All right, this time I know what I'm doing." I called the tow truck right away. Yeah. He says, "All right, it's going to be 3 hours." I go, "Okay, well, are you right if you just tow it back to West Bank Arena, and I just Uber home. Like it's it's late. I got to play tomorrow. He goes, yeah, it's no big deal. So that happens, and I call my Uber. My first Uber drives past me on the highway, just doesn't pick me up. So I I ran all the way back to the Sunoco off the on ramp, and my second Uber came and picked me up. And we're driving down, driving back to West Banco, and all of a sudden we hit a deer. Oh no way! So, no. so now, so now you're my, lying. So no, I swear to God, now my Uber needs a tow truck. <laughs> no. Luckily, luckily, like he, so we hit the deer and it crushes antifreeze like canister, yeah. like the holder. So I can smell the antifreeze like leaking on the side of the car. And luckily, we were at an exit, so he pulled in. Car totaled. His name's uh, James Van Sickle. I've brought him to a game that next weekend. Just yeah, for you got to hook this guy helpful. up. At a boy, James. He he called a, a tow truck, um, came picked up his Uber, his car. He got an Uber home. I got an Uber to Wheeling. Yeah, and four or five Ubers later, we were we were home, home free. I genuinely did not know about the sequel to this. Yeah. I knew about your troubles getting out here the oh, first yeah. time, the first shutdown. But there's a second shutdown. Yep. And then finally, the car went home. Uh, I actually passed it down to my little sister. They got it completely fixed. It, Allegedly. It, it was the alternator. Um, and then about two weeks ago, she got in a car accident. A kid hit her on like a 45-degree angle. And it, I don't know what happened. I just saw pictures of the car, and it totaled the car. So rest in peace to the Volkswagen. I was going to say, I think that car might be cursed as soon as you said that your sister got into an accident. But I guess if, if she's gone, she's gone. Yeah, that car's gone forever. 
Toast. Yeah. Toast Malone. <laughs> well, no more car troubles in your future, hopefully. Oh, oh I hope not. And then the Uber rides, hopefully, maybe Wait. only within a five, ten-minute radius oh, instead of multiple hours. Oh, with the car I got, it, uh, it'd be too expensive to try to fix it anyway, so I can't do that. <laughs> Seriously, that is incredible. Yeah. I didn't even know there was that second part to yeah. that story, and that is arguably even more unbelievable than the first. Yeah. This is one of the few times where the sequel lives up to the hype, if not exceeds the original. Oh yeah. The Uber hits the deer, and then the Uber needs a tow truck. Yeah, I was, and then I was just happy I could get the the guy that hit the deer to come out to a game, and I got him tickets to the game. I felt so bad. I'm like, I'd imagine I'm like, so. Oh, it was he was so nice. Like it, like the the deer didn't do anything to either me or him. Like in terms of when we hit the deer, so it was like, right. we're perfectly fine. It's just like it's a random thing. The deer just darted out and hammered mm-hmm. the car. Like. It's not much you can do. Always at risk in in Western Pennsylvania. Oh, it's yeah. If, West if, Virginia. If it's dark out, if it's dark out, there's a there's a good possibility you see you see some sort of some sort of deer. And there's nothing you can do about it either. Nope. Like it's one thing when it's when it's daylight and you yeah. can sort of see the deer at the side of the road yeah. and you kind of look at them and you're like, don't don't you go, don't you move, yeah. don't you move, and hopefully they don't. But when it's nighttime, you're you're, they're flying blind just as much as you, I oh, guess. Oh yeah, and the second they see headlights, it's their eyes are this big, yep. and and you can't. They're not moving, so it's it's on you to move. And other than that, it's it's usually not good. No, it doesn't often work out well oh. for for both parties. Yep. Very rarely does both parties walk out of that situation unscathed. Yep. But hopefully, all of your travel woes are <laughs> are behind you now. The Hawk, what a kid! Great guy. Great guy, Brandon Hawkins. Super personable. We actually joked during his episode of the Penguins podcast that Brandon Hawkins knows everybody, no matter where he goes or whatever uh, arena we're playing in, or there were even times where you know there were college teams in northeastern Pennsylvania playing the other college teams, Kings or Wilkes University or something like that, and then Brandon Hawkins somehow knew at least one person on the staff on the team or something like that. Uh, and understandable, given that young man's personality. He came ready to go for his episode of the Penguins podcast, and right out of the gate he was delighting us with his less-than-delightful luck traveling between Wilkesbury and Wheeling and just around Wheeling, West Virginia. Just crazy, crazy stuff. It'd be wild enough if just one of those things happened to somebody, and yet Brandon Hawkins had two terrible travel circumstances happen in such a short time frame. Uh, There's much more than just bad travel stories in that Brandon Hawkins episode. Uh, Tons of great stuff coming from the Hawk. But we really wanted to focus in on that story here on the Best Of episode because uh, it truly is one for the ages, or I guess two for the ages. The fact that there was somehow a sequel to his attempted travel across the state that went south somehow. Not south directionally, but south metaphorically. You know what I'm saying. But that's the pick that we decided to go with there. Brandon Hawkins' travel woes. Now, some of his teammates have had some better success when it comes to traveling long distances, perhaps none more than Penguins forward Jamie Devan. As a part of his appearance on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, we eventually stumbled into a conversation about Jamie Devan's literal cross-country trip where he went basically coast-to-coast, not quite, just a little bit short, but you know, a really long trek for Jamie Devan and I'm fascinated by that. I've never been in a car that long at all. So Jamie Devan regaling us about the the time that he embarked upon a cross-country trip from California to his native Ontario. And furthermore, how he passed the time 
and one of his big fascinations during that time as well. You always see this in, in movies and TV shows when people go on long road trips and things like that, especially to these uh, the flyover states, if you will, when there's a lot of space between yeah. uh, hubs and things like that. On the side of the road, it'll be like world's largest ball of yarn <laughs> or like world's only all alligator mini golf park or something like that. Did you make any weird stops where you were driving through and you're like, we got to check that out? Yeah. No, I don't think we, we saw that. What we did... So those places were cool to drive through, and then when we got to Utah, the, the salt flats, mm-hmm. those are cool. And then once you get to like Wyoming and all those, we were playing a game where uh, every time you see like a deer sign, you, you shoot the deer sign, so it's a point. But then we got to, there was, I don't, I don't know what they were, I think they were farming like elk or something, or some kind farming of elk. some kind of horned deer. Okay. But there was thousands of these things for miles and miles, and then we're just, there's just too many of them. These were not deer. These were like some other horned creature. Yeah. I don't know what they were, but they were, far- they must have been farming them because there was thousands of these things on the side of the road driving, thru- driving through Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. The Wyoming elk farm, <laughs> notoriously. <laughs> and then uh, there's always those signs that say, like, when you're driving along, don't pick up hitchhikers. Cause they, they actually have signs that pr- say, because they'll be prisoners. Oh, so I'm a big prison junkie. So every time I saw one of those signs, I'd have to hop on Google and see what, see if it's the like it's a prison I've watched on like a documentary, a or documentary something. or yeah. something like that. Because they usually put them like pretty not too far off the highway. Because like, you're driving through the middle of nowhere, so you can usually see them in the distance. So you were telling me before we actually hopped on air that uh, your content consumption you listen to a lot of podcasts and yeah. you were telling me you do listen to like prison podcasts and things like that. that's your big kick yeah. right now why are you, why the fascination with the american judicial, judicial system? system yeah i don't know it just it just blows my mind that they they <laughs> they live in like a completely different uh society almost it, like, it it's is like, it's society within a society within a society yeah and it just yeah it just kind of blows my mind that that's how they spend some of them spend like their entire life that's from like 20 to the day they go, it just blows my mind. That you get institutionalized, and then there are yeah. people that come out, and they don't know what to do with themselves. Yeah, I know. And there's a, there was a ton of them in California, and a lot of the documentaries are on the ones in California. So, I don't know. It just, they just kind of just kind of blows my mind. Like it's just a whole different world out there. They have their own rules. What's like the wackiest story you've heard that we can actually tell on this podcast? Um, I went through one when I was listening through a bunch a bunch of the the escapes. Oh, okay. Like guys like breaking out. Yeah. So they have. Yeah. So one guy, I think he, uh, he's in that the the one in Colorado. We drove by that one too. It's like the Federal F eighty X or something. It's where they keep like the Boston bomber and stuff. I'll take your word for it. But it's, uh, a, it's a legit. Prison. This this one, he mailed himself out of prison. So he was working the mailroom at the one of the prisons, and he put himself in a parcel and mailed his own body out. My of My jaw is dropped right now. Yeah. Were they not like? And he'd like done. An, I think he he like scaled a fence before, so he'd been on watch. But yeah, he he was working in the mailroom and mailed himself out of the prison. Was no one else like batting an eye when this package weighed <laughs> yeah. like two hundred and twenty pounds? Yeah, I have no idea. I guess they must have just put all the because there's so many people in the prison. They must have like on a a skid or something and. That's how he got out. I'm trying to think. He would have to be like a small dude, too, because yeah. it's not going to be a roomy box. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is also something out of like a a network sitcom or something like that. They try and mail themselves out of prison, but they forget to like poke air holes or something. <laughs> I think he, he actually was out for a while, too. and like I think he got to Canada, and he was in like the Maritimes. But, yeah, he was out for a while. 
because now, he mailed himself in, out of prison. Mailed, yeah, it was like a s- second or third escape, though. Where's your destination? If you had to mail yourself out of prison, where are you sending yourself to? <laughs> uh, do you go small and just pick the post office that's right next door to the prison, or do you go big and just be like, just send me to Bermuda? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I don't think I'd go international. I think I have to stay within state and then figure it out from there. Because I, I, I feel that they'd uh, figure it. They'd, they'd, they'd figure out the massive package <laughs> at that point. Yeah, exactly. It keeps moving around. Yeah, because you can't go too far because you probably got to eat. Not, Maybe you pack well. some snacks. Yeah, three depends how good the postal service is because you only go three days. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm trying to think of the snacks I would pack if I had to mail myself out of prison. <laughs> Get like some Lay's. Yeah. Some some ho-hos or something like that. Whatever they got in that yeah. commissary they call. What, whatever they have. You honey just buns. slide it in. Honey buns? Yeah, that's there a big go. thing in prison. The honey buns. Honey buns. Is there, like they, they have honey buns available or there's like a trading network of honey buns? Yeah, that's the currency in prison. Is all the like currency that. is honey buns. It's not honey buns. I think oh. coffee's the one. Coffee or cigarettes are the big currency, but they do trade. Like They buy it with, with that. So it's like the lunch table in elementary school, yeah. but way well, more intense. Pack? Yeah, you got a snack pack. You got some <laughs> lunchables over there, but now it's like a dude who's like six foot four, yeah. and is in prison for stealing my snack pack. Yeah, he's stealing my snack. Sure, you can have it. Yeah, you don't even have to give me anything back. I wouldn't do very well in prison. <laughs> I have no snack packs. <laughs> I wouldn't have a snack pack. I would have absolutely zero <laughs> snack packs available. <laughs> So when it comes to cross-country trips, or I guess uh, prison trivia, Jamie Devan is a pretty good guy to talk to in that Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins locker room. I would love to embark on something like that. I didn't mention that to Jamie during the, the podcast, because I guess I was taking in his story, but I'd be very interested in you know, just getting in the car and just driving, not really having anywhere to go to, not even having a destination, seeing how far I could get, where would I decide to stop, what cool stuff would I see could be interesting maybe a chance to do a little soul searching or maybe listen to a bunch of music things i already do in my spare time and then i would just be driving all over the country accruing a bunch of gas costs in the process it doesn't matter it could be cool who knows maybe i'd make it all the way out to california where a member of the wilkesbury scranton penguins actually finished his season a little bit of a cross-country trip of his own if you will andrew agazino was signed by the pittsburgh penguins last summer started the year here with wilkesbury scranton was actually initially named to the ahl all-star team as a member of the wilkesbury scranton penguins for his exceptional work on the ice during his time with wilkesbury scranton but eventually he was claimed off of waivers by the anaheim ducks right at the nhl trade deadline too and That was a pretty devastating blow to the Penguins organization at the NHL and especially the AHL level whenever that news came down. But during Andrew Agazino's time with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, not only was he an all-star on the ice, he was an all-star off the ice as well. A great locker room leader and just a, a great guy. There have been few guys in the time that I've been doing this where uh, you, I don't want to say hit it off with right away, but it just seemed like Andrew Agazino is one of those guys. You meet him one time, you shake his hand, you introduce yourself, and then the second time you talk to him, it's like you've known each other for years. Like you go way, way back. Just such a great guy. And that really showed through in his episode of the Wilkes-Barre Granted Penguins podcast. Just right out of the gate, it was almost as if it was his fifth appearance on the podcast. 
And later on in his appearance on the Penguins podcast, we got to talking about a little bit of the spooky spirit. It was Halloween time whenever we had Andrew Agazzino on the podcast in late October. And so he started telling me about some of his favorite Halloween traditions when he was a kid. And now how he considers himself an ace at team costume parties now that he's an adult. Let's listen in to Andrew Agazzino. I had to make sure that we put in some some vampire ones here, considering it is Halloween time. Right around the corner. Not exactly good stories, but everyone loves a good spooky story around Halloween. What was your favorite spooky story growing up? Do you have any good scary stories? Uh, No scary stories. No? But uh, I remember around Halloween, um, my brothers and sisters and I, we'd always watch Hocus Pocus. Oh. That That was our one Halloween movie. That's a good one. That would, yeah, that's a good one. You won't find that in that in that. Uh, you will not there. find Hocus Pocus in, in the lights camera fiction pile. <laughs> no, Absolutely but that uh, that kind of was always the the couple of weeks leading up to Halloween. That kind of you know this time of year where I knew okay, obviously Halloween's coming, and then it started to feel the Halloween spirit once we saw that movie. Then then you're into it. Then we knew the candy was coming. We knew the candy was coming as soon yeah. as they start singing. I put a spell on you. Yeah. It's game time. Yeah, that's it. It's time, time to play. Halloween is serious. What was your favorite Halloween costume when you were a kid? Uh, as a kid. Did you even have a favorite? I don't know if I had a favorite. Um, I mean, I usually I went as a hockey player a few times. You just kind of. Creative. Real classic ones <laughs> like that, you know. So um, I take a little more pride in my costumes now, now as, as I'm an older, adult. as an adult, that's amazing. And, um, than I did when I was younger, for sure. Okay, what what's your favorite costume you've gone to at like a, a team Halloween party? Because I know those are you always know, believe a blast. it or not, I I've won the last two best Halloween costumes. You're the a champion. Two, the, the two past uh, the past two parties I've been to. So two years ago, I was Pablo Escobar. Okay, and I actually pulled it off really well. Okay. Um, it's more so the character than the costume exactly. that I it's, go for. It's all about how you present yourself. It, you know, I would kind of be in character for majority of the night. That's what you have to do. People think the best Halloween costumes are the ones that perhaps cost the most. They have the finest materials. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's all in the presentation. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and the delivery. Yeah. And then um, last year, actually, my costume um, was Happy Gilmore's Caddy. You are kidding me. Yeah. Yeah, if if you can see a so you can see them both on my Instagram, I'm pretty sure actually. What's your Instagram? Plug it real quick. Uh, just my name, Andrew Agazino. Andrew Agazino, so That's you can't it. miss yeah. it. Yeah, you'll see them both there, and I think uh, I think that everybody would like them. They're they were both like I said, I was in character. Good. Walking around with one shoe on, like he does in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, I was proud of those two. That's great. You should be proud of that. This is now the second time now though that I've heard of a guy on the Penguins. Being a Happy Gilmore caddy for Halloween. Really? Who so was the you other were, one? So you were the, the caddy that he has when he's actually on the tour. When Jake Gensel was here, he was Happy Gilmore's caddy at the Waterbury yes. Open. Yeah, the, the little skinny one. kid yeah, with where the he tackles hair. him. Yeah. He showed up, I guess. <laughs> That's to the, a good one for him. He showed up to the Halloween party, didn't tell anyone. that, And when he walked in, apparently everyone was just in stitches. That's a great one it was for him. perfect. Yeah. So both his caddies covered in Wilkesbury. And I don't know if they gave out a best dressed award that year, but I can't imagine. Oh, we never gave out awards too, but, but I'm just yeah, going like, based off, you know, I was clearly the best dressed <laughs> at those parties. Not formally announced, but I mean, we all knew. We all knew. And for the, to that same point, I think everyone knew Jake Gensel had the best costume at that party, just as everyone knows Andrew Agassino right. was the best at his last two. Right. Do you have any plans for this year? 
You know what? I've or no spoilers. I've been uh, super busy trying to get my house and everything ready, so I haven't had too much time. I got two that I'm kind of deciding back and forth. I don't know if they'll be as good as Happy Gilmore's Caddy or Pablo Escobar when I pulled those off, but I think they'd both be pretty pretty good. And like I said, it's more in the character. Um, I'll be in character all night, no matter which one I choose. So. We'll, uh, we'll see how it plays out. That's what I like to hear. It's all about the character work. Check the Instagram in a couple of days. Folks. After Halloween. There you go. You heard it. Saw some a follow on the Instagram. <laughs> Andrew Agazino, And stay up to date on all Halloween costume-related uh, misadventures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Such a, a fun guy to talk to, Andrew Agazino, And played with a ton of heart on the ice as well. It truly was a shame to see him leave the organization early when he was claimed on waivers by Anaheim because the way that he played and, of course, the way that he produced uh, allowed it to be uh, pretty easy for Andrew Agazino to endear himself to the black and gold faithful in his stint here in northeastern Pennsylvania. And when you're in northeastern Pennsylvania, you can endear yourself to the congregation in a number of different ways. You can do it through, of, of course, uh, playing success, having a great personality. Some people come in, and you know what? They're already almost preconditioned to like you, even just a little bit if, of course, you cheer for Penn State, or maybe even if you're from Penn State. That was the case for Chase Berger when he joined the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins on an ATO late last season, so towards the end of the 2018-19 campaign. 2019-20 was Chase Berger's rookie season, first full season as a pro with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, and he already sort of had that built-in support system given that he went and played four years of college hockey at Penn State, coming from St. Louis, Missouri to Happy Valley as well. But Chase Berger, could he somehow lose that instant goodwill that he had? Would there be a way for him to tarnish that instant insulation that he had coming to Northeastern Pennsylvania as a former Nittany Lion? Is it possible? Well, maybe if you have some bad food takes. I decided to put Chase Berger on the hot seat during his appearance on the Penguins podcast. It was around Thanksgiving time. Yes, another conversation steered around by the upcoming holidays, much like before with Andrew Agazino. We're talking about Thanksgiving, some of his favorite dishes, if there was anything uh, unique to his family or the region that he liked to enjoy when he was back home in St. Louis. And then that got me thinking. It reminded me of something I saw on social media in the summer prior to that season, so almost a year ago at this point, and it shook me to my core, and I had to ask Chase Berger about it. And lo and behold, he had plenty of opinions on this particular phenomenon, this particular behavior. I will speak no more about it. I'll let Chase Berger explain this madness to you folks. You'll just have to make him for the boys Thanksgiving. Yeah, oh, I don't know if I'm making anything. Hopefully we're... we're uh you know, buying that because I don't think any of us can cook. So, uh, but yeah, no, uh, definitely pumpkin pie and uh, sweet potatoes. Definitely pumpkin pie and sweet potatoes. No special, like, regional St. Louis dish makes it into the mix. Not really. Just okay. ham, turkey. And I bring up a specific regional to St. Louis uh, food because there was a bit of a controversy online this past summer. And now when I think of St. Louis food, I don't think of barbecue anymore. Really? I, th I think of this, Chase. Are you familiar with the St. Louis bagels debacle? <sighs> I don't think it's a debacle. Oh, yeah. no, so you know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, yeah Bretco. Bretco. So explain to people what, what the St. Louis bagels, what's happening here. So uh, you guys call Panera, and I call Panera now since I've been away from home. But uh, Panera started in St. Louis 
So in St. Louis, it's not called Panera. It's called the St. Louis Bread Company. And what they do, which I guess they don't do at Panera, I don't, know. I don't even know that was. A I thing. don't think they do this anywhere on Earth, other than. But St. Louis. you just, you you can slice your bagel normal, like slice in half. So when we say normal, we mean like okay, so you have the top and bottom of yeah. the bagel, and you go through the middle, yeah, through the exactly. prime meridian. Yeah. No, no, I should say equator uh-huh. of the bagel. Yeah. Or you could do it St. Louis style. It's, uh, I think it's just called uh, bagel slice, what they call it there, but it's really good. It's just. Yeah, you slice it and like so. They're little strips, like strips of the bagel. So it's I like don't you're know. slicing it like bread. Yeah, but it's yeah, a bagel. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, <laughs> it's it seems weird, but I. It's think, very weird. I'm sorry. Pat. I mean, I think what's good about it is every single piece has part of the middle in it, and you know, part of the instead of just like three really good bites in the middle of the bagel. Okay. You kind of spread out the. Uh, the deliciousness of it, I guess I should Spread say. Spread out through every slice. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was going to ask you if you were going to defend the St. Louis bagels, and you are. You were ahead of me. You were right on top yeah, of Yeah, I don't even You said it's not about – because people caught on to this. I think it was Twitter. Yeah. Someone posted a picture, like, someone got bagels for the office, yeah. and they were cut like that. Yeah. And people who were not familiar with how they do things at St. Louis Bread Co., myself included, were like, what in the world mm-hmm. – is this bagel cutting system? What have they done? And we find out it's a regional thing. Maybe I'll have to uh, put in a special request to see if it's if it's up to the hype. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm just afraid of. It's new not going to make the bagel any like better. But you just it, said it does. You get a little bit. You get well, to spread I mean, out. The, maybe if you get a. I mean, but if you take a, the best bite is the middle bite of the bagel. So I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe like you're going to have more decent bites, I guess, but. I also think it's a way if you don't want to eat the whole bagel, you can just have a couple slices. Like it's easier to split that way uh, with a couple people. So I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal. <laughs> I think this is so because people freaked out. On yeah, the I internet. know. I remember that. That was yeah. weird. Did you feel attacked no, whenever you saw all. people freaking I didn't out about care. it? I was like, people are morons on Twitter, anyways. So <laughs> they're morons to begin with. Yeah, it's, anyone who gets that upset over Twitter is, you know, gets that not, upset over yeah, bagels. It's not that big of a deal. Come on. Oh it's my bagel. goodness! It's just a bagel. Well, I'm gonna have to try this system now because you have, you've pumped it up. You've you've made it sound like it's at least at least an option. Something something yeah, to throw a little crazy, fairy dude. in there. It's not crazy. That's all. It looks crazy, uh-huh. but perhaps there is some method to the badness, yeah. and that is why Panera has become as big as it has. Started yeah. in St. Louis and slicing bagels different ways. That's how you rise to the top. Yeah, thinking I... outside the box, yeah. Chase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It is definitely thinking outside the box. You can't take that away from them. But is it right? You were too busy asking if you could and not if you should. But now here on the Penguins podcast, this best of episode, we're going to put this to the test now. We're going to find out if you should, if it is a viable way to consume a bagel with the St. Louis style slice. Folks, I made the call, put in the order to Panera Bread, and I specifically requested the St. Louis-style horizontal slicing method. They did it for me. I picked it up, and now right here, live on the podcast, I am going to eat some of these unorthodox sliced or St. Louis sliced bagels right here. Uh, Let me tell you what's going on right now. I got several of these slices in front of me here. I've dressed them a number of different ways, just got some plain butter, uh, some with peanut butter. I even have one with a little uh, hot and spicy pico de gallo to truly test the boundaries of what this is capable of. So 
right out of the gate, right when you you open the box and you see your St. Louis-style bagel slice, you realize two things. They become instantly apparent. The first of which is that toasting your bagel is now going to be a bit of a process. It's not as easy as just cutting it in half and sticking it in the toaster. I guess if you have a toaster oven, it's not that big of a deal, but I don't have a toaster oven at home. I just have the regular old-school toaster with the two sides, and you slide your your bread in there or your Eggo waffles, or in this case, your bagel. Uh, guess what? When it's not cut in halves and it's sort of sliced down the middle into these thin pieces, becomes a little bit more difficult. I did give it a shot, and it is possible. It's just a little bit more difficult. You might want to have some of those uh, wooden tongs handy to fish out your, your bagel slice out of the toaster. Definitely don't use a fork or a knife, kids, at home. Okay, practice proper safe toaster procedure. The second thing that you really notice is this is something we didn't talk about um, on the podcast, and that Chase didn't mention is perhaps one of the merits of this bagel slicing technique is that this would actually be pretty good for like a charcuterie board or like a cheese board or something like that. You want to do something a little bit different instead of having those uh, crackers or those little slices of bread. You do the bagel St. Louis style. Maybe you get a little toast on it. And now you can have your meats, your cheeses, your antipasta, things like that. That would be a really practical application for this. But I didn't think that far ahead. I thought far ahead enough to make the order to Panera and get them to do this for me. But I did not think far ahead uh, enough to make up my own charcuterie board. So instead, I'm left here with butter, peanut butter, and a little spicy pico de gallo. And here we go, folks. I'm going to open up the hatch here and go, just go straight for the, the plain buttered bagel. Uh, I'm going to try and keep it away from the microphone. I don't think this needs to become an ASMR podcast. I can stick to just hockey talk and well, we go off in a bunch of different tangents and things like that. Certainly a lot of food discussion, but ASMR we will not be, so I'm going to try and move my microphone here as I go for the first bite. Here we go, folks. St. Louis-style bagel. This is riveting audio, I bet. Riveting. Uh, to be honest, um, it, there's there's really no difference. Just like Chase Berger said, it's, it's the same thing. It's still a bagel. It's still a bagel. Let's go. To bite number two. Bite number two. I'm going to be honest, I'm enjoying this um, because, one, I'm hungry as of recording right now, and I like bagels to begin with, especially just a plain buttered bagel, no frills about it. I find that to be absolutely delicious, and in this particular instance, right now what's in front of me, a slightly toasted bagel slice with a little bit of butter on it, yeah, um, it's good. Let's let's change it up now. Let's go for some, some PB. Let's go for some PB. What do we think? Mm-hmm. This is a tasty bagel. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm on board with this. Sure, it, it looks weird. It might not even look right, but never judge a book by its cover, folks. I think there is some merit mm, to the St. Louis-style uh, bagel slice. Am I going to request this every single time I get a bagel? Absolutely not. I feel like you're making way more work for for the people behind the counter than is necessary. But once again, maybe you want to try some different uh, practical applications for this. Like I mentioned before, cheese and crackers or a charcuterie board. That could be a real possibility that you could do with this stuff here. Let me cleanse my palate a little bit here. We want to make sure this is a non-contaminated taste test. Oh. Seriously, all these breaks in between, I'm sure this is just fantastic audio. 
I thought this was a good idea. Maybe it wasn't. All right, let's now. I'm gonna go for my uh, my pico de gallo bagel. Mm. Mm. I dropped it everywhere. That did not work. the The bagel did not have enough um, structural fortitude to hold up underneath the the pico de gallo. I took one bite. I maybe got like out of my bite. It was like. Uh, 90% bagel, 10% pico. The rest of it just fell out of my hand and right onto my plate. So this may not be one of the more practical app. Actually, I'm going to fold it over here. Fold it in half like a taco. Bagel taco. Mm. Now we're cooking. Doesn't change my verdict, though. It's the same thing. You know, it is good. If you like bagels, you'll like this. It really doesn't change it that much. It's just... You're probably putting the person behind the counter through more than they really need to go through. You would really need to come up with something creative to maybe justify your decision. Otherwise, just get it cut in half like the rest of us, like most people. Just do that. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what. I'm still hungry, and I still have plenty of bagel left here. So I'm going to continue to indulge myself in the St. Louis-style bagel slice. I'm going to continue to eat here while the rest of you get to listen to our next clip. So we'll go from one Penguins rookie to another, from Chase Berger now to Pierre-Olivier Joseph. And P.O. was an absolute delight on his episode, just such a... A nice, friendly kid, and we talked about a number of different things. Another great example, as I was mentioning way back at the start of this episode, how insightful and open a lot of these players were during their interviews. P.O. had a ton of that, but then we still had tons of time to talk about some of the wacky and crazy stuff that we like to get into on the Penguins podcast as well. And this upcoming clip, it's kind of a two clips in one special. We have a snippet from part of a conversation P.O. and myself were having earlier in the podcast that provides a little bit of context to something that comes up later on in the episode. So it's really a quick clip and then a secondary clip where Pierre Olivier Joseph is talking a little bit about a potential career after hockey or in another alternate dimension, what he would be doing instead of playing hockey. So here you have it, folks. Penguins rookie defenseman Pierre Olivier Joseph. What about this in terms of pressure? This is a little bit out of left field here, but do you feel any added pressure as a French-Canadian to be one of the best-dressed guys on the team? In the past, every French-Canadian guy that we've ever had come through the locker room, JSD comes to mind, has had a frivolous sense of style. Is that pervasive throughout all French-Canadian guys? Do you feel added pressure to be styling and profiling? <laughs> It's funny because we had that same conversation a million times in Charlottetown. Really? Since it was like so far away. And they're like, oh, you, you guys people from Montreal, you guys just different and whatever. And then <laughs> now I came here. It's like, yeah, I have I have my own style, like from Montreal probably. And they're like, oh, like sometimes my guys are like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah. I know I really talk about with uh, with, with Dips. DePauli? Yeah. Oh, well, he's and, a sharp uh, dressed guy. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And then we always like, oh, yeah, today, like. Watch your socks next time or whatever. Like, just giving like, some tips of like okay. how to improve. But uh, yeah, no, it's not pressure. I think it's just uh, I just do me, and then I like it. So like, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, I mean, you don't. So, but a little bit of pressure. I won't. I won't okay. lie. I won't lie. I won't lie. I have to be like, like part of the identity. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
but going back to you know being a clearly a, a, a smart, savvy individual, being able to pick up language like that, I remember you did a uh, meeting with the Booster Club not too long ago, answered some questions with the, the Penguins Booster Club. Always appreciate your support, Boosties. You mentioned at one point, I think you said if you weren't playing hockey or something like that, you said you wanted to be a doctor or a vet. Yeah. Why do you love animals or something? Love like that? animals. Well, love I mean, everybody dogs, loves love animals, but you're like, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Well, I was like, doctor. You know, you have to be like so smart and like a lot of like schooling. Yeah, twenty-five years of school, and then the vet. It was like, not a lot of people wants to be a vet first, and second, it was like, I love animals. Like, I know I love dogs back okay. in the days, and I'm, I'm like, not like the biggest fan of cat. But oh, like I still like them. Okay, so you just like, like dogs more. Yeah, I'm more of a dog guy. But I mean, like. I love every type of animals, and I was just, like, curious about it. Like, And I was like, if I can help them, might as well do it with my life. So, How much schooling does it take to be a vet? I have no idea. Uh, neither do I. That was a genuine question. Pro- probably, a, probably close to being a doctor. It's probably still a lot of schooling. Exactly. Because people love their dogs. They love their pets. They're not just going to hand it over to some guy. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Huh. So, I, I don't know. I didn't do neither the research do at this point, but <laughs> probably a lot. I mean, every doctor... It's probably a lot of school, so yeah. I love school, so it wasn't back that big of a problem back in the day. You a good so. student? I was. Yeah, I was. What was your favorite subject? Math. Math. Math chemistry, physics. Loved it. Math guy. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, we might have to kick you off the podcast. Awful in <laughs> history. Hated it. We not, not because like I didn't like to learn about the past. I was just bad at like memorizing. Yeah, like, retaining dates. the information and things Awful. like that. So yeah. Bad at it. So bad. And that's just the way people are wired. I was the exact opposite. Oh, really? Yeah, like hi- history classes, writing classes, reading classes, ace without any sort of effort. Oh, Math really? was a battle. <laughs> chemistry to this day was uh, – chemistry and trigonometry were the two worst subjects I ever did. Chemistry was, was a fight, like tooth and nail. And then trigonometry, I legitimately gave up like a, a third of the way through the year. I was like, none of this makes any sense, and it's not going to get any easier. So I would just sit in class, and I was legitimately writing like Bruce Springsteen song lyrics in my notebook instead of doing the That's math. That's funny. Yeah, hopefully my parents aren't That's listening to this. <laughs> I got like a D in the class, enough to graduate. Oh, that's I was I mean, great in every other class, but it was math was a battle. Trigonometry was a disaster, but I was able to get through, oh, get by. Really? Yeah. Really? I just think it was easier because, like, there's a solution. So, like, you have to find it. But, like, when you when you have to remember a certain date, it's like if you don't, you don't. But if you're in math, there's a way that you can find I can say solution. the same exact thing for math, though. I could say, like, oh, if you yeah, you find a solution, you work it out. But I'm like, if I don't know how to get from X squared to Y squared, I don't know it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's understandable. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Just wired totally just, differently. Yeah, I was just more in math, and which weird because my brother was more like French and like history and okay, geography. Yeah. And I guess if we put our mind together, it would be like Albert. Form the dynamic duo. Like You're unstoppable smart. when you put you two <laughs> together. You can do all the math. Well, he can do all the the reading and history. Yeah, that would have been the great brain, I think. Exactly. That sounds like a TV show, like a kid's TV (laughs) show. Like two brothers that are just like, he's good at this. I'm good at that. Together we can do anything. There we go. go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Back to being a a vet, though, which never came true. You say you love dogs. You like cats. Top five pets. If you could have any pet, top five power ranking, go. Top five pets. Dog. Dog number one? Probably dog, dog, dog. First three. Dog, dog, dog. (laughs) Different kinds of dogs. No, I will not allow it. Uh, Dog. I had a couple of hamster. Okay. Um, 
Do they make it in your top five? Because this is anything. You can get anything as a pet in this scenario. Yeah. I would Doors say, are wide open. I would here. say. Top, uh, I would say two monkey. You know, like a little monkey. That, like, what? Yeah. I mean, I see a couple like videos lately of like monkeys like hugging you and stuff. Like they're just so nice. Like <laughs> <laughs> you just look. You want to love where them. Where do you find? Where do you find one? Do you have, have to like no get idea. it straight up from like I have no idea. I didn't the jungle or do you have no, no clue? Are there like black market pet stores where they're <laughs> like, hey, we got some monkeys? I mean, I guess they were like, it looks like it was really smart and like was doing shows and stuff like. Okay, was like it? a trained yeah. monkey. So that would be nice, I guess. Um, I don't think that. Would. Do you also hear the stories of like the people who will have apes, orangutans as pets, and then they go crazy just one day and they like rip their face off or something? Yeah, but I mean, that's a, a risk monkey, I am not willing to take. Like a monkey, but. And the orangutan is an orangutan, you know, like it's big. It's gigantic. So like, there's a difference. Like, I won't, I won't have a gorilla. You, you want a small, my, like, yeah, just like a tiny, like, good-looking monkey. You a good-looking yeah. monkey. It's, it's got to be sharp, sharp-dressed, like, French Canadian monkey. Can- <laughs> <laughs> Montreal style. <laughs> Montreal style <laughs> monkey. Uh, other than that, um, I hate like snakes and stuff. Like, that's not. Uh-uh. The reptiles are not in your no, top five. No. Well, funny because, like, hamster are, like, kind of there. They're kind of, like, creepy a little bit, but I kind of like them. Why are they creepy? I don't know. They just – you don't know what they're doing. They just, like, <laughs> do everything, and you don't know why they're it doing it. It looks like their their brains yeah, are spinning at a million miles a minute, the but they just sit there and do yeah. nothing. So, yeah, these these three – a cat, of course. Like, okay. Who doesn't like cat? Um, A fifth one? Um, I don't know. So, hold on. Let's recap here. We got dog, monkey, monkey hamster, cat, five. You got to get a fifth one in here. You said no reptiles. Fifth one, let's think. What does people own? Like, what does? Well, people have like uh, possums. People have you've eliminated all like exotic pets and reptiles and things like that. People have like spiders and hate scorpions. Spider. I hate spiders. Fish. You one. can't really play with a fish, but I guess yeah. it counts as a pet. Yeah. I have an an acquaintance of a friend. If you can keep up with me, there. They're not my friend. It's my friend, and then my friend's acquaintance has a pet raccoon. I've seen that. My friend, that's my, a, that's one of my best friend has one. That's a thing. That's becoming a thing now. People yeah. are getting raccoons. Yeah. And it no. was uh-uh. adorable. Oh, I bet. It was, a, it was a little baby raccoon, and it would just sit on their shoulder and, like, crawl around to their other shoulder so and, like, nice. around their – it was just baby raccoon. Th- this is exactly what would happen with a monkey. You know, it's like it's going around and just playing your hair. And, oh, I yeah. I don't know. Oh, I feel yeah. like there's 100%. risk involved. Um, I don't know. Fifth one? I don't know. I hear a lot about pig. Like small pig. Yeah, people like the the teacup pigs. Yeah, maybe. There, there's a problem apparently with oh. people who want the little small teacup pigs, a uh, little cute little teacup pig. That if you buy them from the wrong person, they'll just sell you a legitimate pig. No way. But it'll be a baby pig, so it'll be small, and, and you only then. and then you only find out three months later <laughs> that you have a giant pig, <laughs> like an actual full hog, and everyone's like, "Oh no, what happened? I thought it was supposed to say small." And they're like, "Nope, you bought the wrong kind of pig." Okay, so we. Cross that. Well, I mean, if you get the right pig. one, you can get a yeah. That's true. They're kind of an actual teacup pig. It's kind of weird to have a pig in your house. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, that's just I think. I, I, we'll just I throw another think. dog in. I can, yeah, another, another dog. dog. Two types of dog. Two, two, two types of dogs. There we go. So we got two dogs, monkey, cat, hamster. Even though they're a little bit creepy, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> The creepy hamsters. I don't know what's up with that. I don't know what Bo's talking about. I don't think hamsters are particularly creepy, uh, but he surely feels strong about it. And You know what? Now that I think about it, creepy hamsters, evil, creepy hamsters. 
Oh, that sounds like something that would be right up my alley if they made it into a movie. It sounds like it would be so, so bad. So bad as a movie. And those of you listening to the podcast, regular listeners, you have now been let in on uh, a little secret of mine throughout this season is that I love bad movies. I take some sick and twisted joy out of watching the wretched depths of cinema and that has translated into a recurring segment on this season of the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast. You know it well, the game we played with the players Lights Camera Fiction, where what I did is I had well at the start of the season, I went to the players in the locker room and what I did is I gave them a title to a real movie, but I only told them the title in the year it came out, and I had them, I assigned them to come up with a quick plot synopsis for what that movie might be just based on the title. Now, of course, these are real movies, but terrible movies, so a lot of times the player's made-up plot line was completely indiscernible from what the actual movie is about. So then when the podcast was on, whoever my guest was for a given episode, they had to try and figure out which movie was real or which, I should say, which plot line was the real one and which one was made up by their teammate. And they had to try and guess, once again, just based on being given the title and year of the movie. And that gave us uh, a good amount of laughs. The players uh, really got into it. It seemed like every guy followed the same pattern uh, whenever I asked them to give me the plots in the first place, so the first guy's like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm not the guy you want for this. I'm not creative at all. And then after they got one, they started to take off and ramp up, and those creative juices got flowing, and then they got into it, and they wanted to come up with something ridiculous or at least something that was semi-believable so that they could fool their teammates. And it became a lot of fun, and it got heated occasionally too whenever we were actually playing through the games of Lights, Camera, Fiction. I guess this segment also was a, a source of dread for some players too because, well, let's go back to the Pierre-Olivier Joseph episode even though he already knew what the game was because he was one of the players I came to at the start of the season to try and get those made-up stories that could potentially be for the real movie, even though he knew the game existed, I guess he forgot about it. And then as soon as I mentioned it on the podcast and tried to explain what we were doing, this was his genuine reaction to finding out that he was the next contestant on Lights, Camera, Fiction. And I know that you know what I'm talking about because you actually helped us put some of these together oh, no, earlier no, in the no, year. No, no, yes, no, exactly. No. <laughs> Here on the Penguins podcast. <laughs> come on, come on, VO. It's not that bad, buddy. Uh, he actually ended up doing pretty well in his round of Lights, Camera, Fiction as well. But when it comes to today, we're not going to play a, a bonus game on the best of episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. But what we can do is name a winner. It was a game, right? That means there's some sort of competition involved in one way or another. So we went back through all 10 games of Lights, Camera, Fiction that we played this season, calculated the scores, tabulated the correct answers to the wrong answers, and we came up with a winner. So without further ado, let's find out who had the best BS meter and who had the best score in Lights, Camera, Fiction this season. In the category for the best performance in lights, camera, fiction, the nominees are Andrew Agazino. Said that with authority. Yeah. You're correct. I haven't seen so. Time Cop. I haven't seen it, but 
It just sounded too real, and the second answer didn't sound like a good enough movie oh. to be a bad movie, even. John Lazat. That's a good percentage. You might be our champion. Beat that one, fellas. There we go. Beat that one. Set the tone exactly. right at the start of the season. That was pretty impressive. Pierre Olivier Joseph. You are right again, Pierre Olivier Joseph. Your what? face, your face right it's now. Like, I didn't expect that at all. It's like it's fake. These are bad movies. I was not joking you when I said that these are bad movies. Who think of that <laughs> and make it happen? Jake Lucchini. Yeah, let's do it. Jake Lucchini. Oh. You're off the schneid, buddy. Back in the wind <laughs> nice. column. Let's go. This is an emotional roller coaster, yeah, this is, game of Lights it? Camera Fiction. And the winner for best performance in Lights Camera Fiction. With a score of six for eight, Penguins defenseman John Lazat. Oh my, I, I can't believe it. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see here. Wow, I am uh, super humbled to be up here right now. This is uh, surely a surprise that I'm on, on this podium right now, accepting this monumentous award. Um, I just want to thank all that have helped me along the way, um, friends, family. Um, I can't thank all the fans enough, uh, the Academy for, for everything it's, it's done, everything it does. Can't believe I'm up here still, you know, truly, truly honored to, to have this award on my behalf and, you know, just want to say thank you very much. <laughs> Wow, congratulations to John Lazard, our big winner on Lights, Camera, Fiction this season, receiving that Academy Award for his fine performance all the way back in the very first game of Lights, Camera, Fiction that we even played this season. He set the tone early and then ultimately walks away with the crown when it's all said and done. Congratulations again, Mr. John Lazat. Lights, Camera, Fiction was an absolute blast this season to play with the players, as I mentioned before, not only coming up with the movies, uh, the fake movie plots, but then actually executing them in sort of that competitive environment throughout our episodes throughout the year as well. And well, I got a couple of different requests from people throughout the season, and then especially once the stoppage hit the American Hockey League to uh, maybe give some recommendations of some bad movies that people want to watch. I mean, I guess if you want to jump in this sinking ship with me and enjoy some of these terrible, terrible, wretched films, I shouldn't hold you back. But I hesitated on giving out any sort of grand recommendations until now what we've done ladies and gentlemen is we've compiled every single movie that was used in lights camera fiction this season and some bonus movies too that got left out in the the cold because we actually lost an episode with the american hockey league stoppage coming in mid-march when we still had one more episode left on the docket to record that ultimately never came to fruition we have a list of 81 movies every one that was used or potentially going to be used for lights camera fiction on a google doc you can find that link in the description for this episode on the wilkesbury scranton penguins website so you can go follow that link and find the list the master list of lights camera fiction movies and in there you will find a ton of different links if you really want to try and watch these movies. I know that being a, an era of isolation and things like that, people have watched a ton of movies at this point. So if you're really hurting for something new to watch and you want to try something different, 
hey, I got you covered. In that list, we don't only have all the movies, but links to their Rotten Tomatoes page, links to the trailers, so if you want to get a little bit of a taste before you jump in, and then where you can watch the movies as well. This thing is full, chock full of links to, say, Amazon or Netflix, Showtime, HBO. I compiled the places where you can either watch the movie for free watch the movie if you have a subscription to a certain service or where you can find it for the cheapest to rent. So for example, the movie might be available on both iTunes and Amazon, but if it's cheaper on one than the other, I put it uh, the link to the cheaper source rather than the, the more expensive one. So if you really want to get down and dirty, down to the nitty gritty in these Lights, Camera, Fiction movies, there's, uh, there's the option for you folks if you want to follow through on it. Also, some of my personal favorites that are on that list, I put a little marker next to them too so you know which ones are near and dear to my heart as well and while we're at it i might as well mention too this quarantine session has allowed me to watch a ton of movies and tv shows and of course i had to wet my whistle for some of these bad movies too these weren't involved in lights camera fiction but if i'm throwing out that list of 81 movies that we did do this season i might as well throw out these recommendations too i had an absolute blast watching bad movies like never too young to die with john stamos and other movies like megaforce the visitor body rock and demon wind all of which were head scratchers in the best possible way. I really need a new hobby. The Lights, Camera, Fiction wasn't the only recurring segment that you have fallen in love with here on the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast. Those longtime listeners of the show know that there is one recurring segment that has made it all the way through the seasons where we have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. I call it popping the question whenever I bring it up, and that has led us down some interesting paths as well, and this season was no different. But one time in particular this season, I sort of needed to improvise. Uh, our previous episode's guest was actually overseas. I tried to get in contact with him, but it didn't work out, so I couldn't actually get a question from that player. So when we started the season with none other than John Lazotte, I had to think uh, a little bit differently about how I wanted to do this. So this is what we ended up with since we didn't have a question from our previous episode's guest. This was sort of my impromptu popping the question to John Lazotte and well, I'll just let you hear it for yourselves. And that gives us a chance to segue into our other recurring segment here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. But it comes with a little bit of a twist. Okay, fans know that in the past previous seasons that we like to have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for our next episode's guest. So they don't know who they're leaving a question for. <clears throat> they just leave an open-ended question about anything in the world. Really? Well, our previous episode's guest is in Sweden right now. So a little bit hard to get in contact yeah, with him. Tough. So we actually don't have a question from our previous episode's guest. Okay. But fear not, I've come up with an alternative here, John. Okay. Mm -hmm. I went on Google <laughs> and looked up best questions to ask on a first date. <laughs> so I am now going to ask you what the Internet is telling me yeah, are the yeah. best questions to ask on a first date. Yeah, Internet never lies. So, so it says. John, you and I, we're now out <laughs> for a nice dinner. Mm-hmm. Candles are lit. We've just met one another. Okay. Okay. Are you working on any personal passion projects? <laughs> personal passion projects. Yeah. Are you working on any personal passion projects? I am I am not. Um besides my passion for hockey, my projects are pretty pretty low key. I don't really have anything going on. Would you consider your hockey career a project 
it's not an not arts and crafts. That's but true. That's true. Um, passion. Because it is your passion. It is my passion, but it's not like a project. Hmm. I'm trying to think of anything I'm doing that would kind of relate to this. Um, a passion project that I'm working on is trying to find the right uh, bed sheets that I should buy today for my bed. That's you got to go shopping my, today? Yeah, my project is kind of to fit out my room with, with nice things. So I guess that's a project. I don't know. What are you looking for? What thread count are we looking for here? I've never even looked into it. I just go and touch it and hopefully... <laughs> if You're it just feels going around yeah, feeling everything it, in this if store? If it feels nice, I do know what blanket I'm getting. Oh, okay. I'm getting a nice uh, Ugg blanket. Nice. Yeah. Living large. Yeah, I rubbed it on my face, and there's no way I can go back. Yeah, it's <laughs> There's absolutely, no way I can go back. It is lovely. It is lovely. So. Well, that's good. Congratulations <laughs> on your blanket. I hope everything else I, goes yeah. goes as well. Yeah, my project isn't very exciting, but it's about all I got going. Well, we're not done here. I have, I have okay. more first date questions oh, for you. Lovely. John, <clears throat> what is the best present you ever gave someone? Present I ever gave someone? Probably... Uh, my brother, I gave him a pair of golf shoes, but the best part of it, he just bought a new pair, so I got to keep them. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So the answer to the question, what's the best present you ever gave someone, is the golf shoes that I got. Yeah, but I gave them to him. Originally? Originally. How long did they belong to him before they ended up belonging to you? Under 30 seconds. <laughs> Under third, I he opened it and said, "I don't need them. I just got some." And he handed them to me, and I said, "Okay." So that's the best gift you ever gave someone, and uh, it lasted for no, thirty seconds. That was just a good story. Um, best, <laughs> best, uh, best gift, huh? You ever gave oh someone? My goodness, I don't give many gifts. Probably just, just flowers for my mom on Mother's Day. It's probably the only. I don't really do many oh, other gifts. That's sweet. Yeah. It's about the only gift I buy about every year, because every everyone else always gets so many so many things. I don't. I run out of stuff to buy. You run out of it, things. Like when I ask, "What are you getting them?" or "What are you like?" Everything's up. You know, everything's up. They've up, they've got everything. So I, I usually don't buy too many things. So probably flowers. Probably flowers. Yeah. Flowers for mom on yeah. Mother's Day. Yeah. Make it an annual treat. Yeah. All right. There you go. One more for you, All and right. then I'll let you off the hook on this date. Okay. <laughs> It's going great. It's going it's going great. <laughs> is there anything you don't eat? Anything I don't eat? I feel like that would be a good question to ask yeah. before the first date. Yeah, maybe yeah, do you have your meal already or no? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Together? Like okay. I googled best <clears throat> questions to ask yeah. on a first date. Hopefully you asked that on the way to the That's know? what I would say. Like yeah, yeah. Have you ever been burned with that before? No. Go I I've been burned like that before. Really? I I went out with a girl one time. Yep. And we, I was like, hey, I'm going to take you to, to such and such restaurant. It's a great spot. She goes, okay, great. We get there, and she's looking at the menu, and I'm like, hey, do you see anything you like? She goes, oh, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, that's that's you kind of lead with that one. <sighs> yeah. And part of me was like, I wish you told me, but then another part of me was like, I should have asked. Yeah. I should have asked. It's a two-way street, yeah. really. Well, I come to find out like months later that she decided to become a vegetarian literally that day. She couldn't break it off for one more day. <laughs> she, she, I mean, she stuck with it. She stuck with yeah. it, but it was like that was the day she yeah. decided to become a vegetarian. Oh, wow. Like the timing of that is pretty incredible. Yeah. So I got, I've been burned with this before, okay. but now I but will ask you, is there anything, anything that you don't eat? I don't eat. Not many things. I can tell you that. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, like, no, I eat those. <laughs> no, I eat those. <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking of. Um. 
I guess I don't eat them like plain, but I was thinking of like like anchovies or something. I don't know. Anchovies. If, like, if it was like seasoned, right? You know, you can eat anything. Like what pizza toppings don't you like? I like this don't question like better. Like pizza? yeah, if you, okay. if you got a pizza and someone's like, pizza, "Hey, what do you want?" You're I, like, I don't like pineapple on pizza. Not a pineapple no, on pizza guy. I love guy. pineapple, but I don't like it on pizza. Understood. Yeah. Anchovies? Um, Would you go anchovies or no anchovies? Eh, probably not. Okay. Yeah. If I'm gonna eat pizza, I'm gonna try to enjoy it to the full. I'm gonna so. try and enjoy <laughs> it. I don't want to hate my um, pizza. What else would I throw on there? Any other kind of fruit, really? Um. Not that I don't. What other fruit goes on pizza besides pine? I don't think any other fruit goes on. Is olive pizza. a fruit or a vegetable? It's a vegetable. It's, it yeah. doesn't have a seed, or does it have a seed? It does have a pit. Oh. An olive pit. Are olives it, fruits? Olives are fruits. I don't know. I like olives though. I'll put those on anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. That's like my one. Whenever we order like a pizza, that's the only one I'm like. I will sure. get anything except olives. That is my sure. one veto. Okay. Basically, any other kind of normal. I mean, I don't really branch out on pizza, but any kind of general pizza topping i'll eat it but i'm kind of kind of letting you down here you're not letting me down at all um, these are just first date questions oh, yeah. man i'm just trying to get to know you yeah no I, I open up to me <laughs> <laughs> let me in let me in <laughs> um yeah i don't know if i guess if we order a pizza just let me order it so then that that way you know <laughs> just let me that, take the wheel that way you know i'm gonna get what i like <laughs> and there you have it folks <laughs> i don't know about you guys but I think that was a successful date. But I don't know if I'm actually going to borrow any of those questions for any uh, uh, future meetups I might have in the future. I don't know if anybody really should, but that's what the internet told me were good conversation pieces for a first date. And that was also how I decided to sort of uh, work my way around missing a question from our previous episode's guest. And now that we're well nearing the end of our time here on the best of episode, I will choose one more clip from a conversation that came as a result of popping the question. This one comes from our episode with Cole Castles, our very last episode of the season, the one that came prior to the stoppage, and another great example of a guy uh, coming out gunslinging right from the gate, just so candid and so open, was Cole Castles, talking about his time overseas playing in Germany last year and how valuable that was to his development and what became a career year here with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Talking about uh, growing up the son of a hockey player who was playing in the NHL and all the fun times he would have running around the locker room as a little runt and well, then, you know, as he grew up playing against Connor McDavid in the OHL championship, he was great. He was great. He was he was such a good guest, so open and so thoughtful in, in talking about all of these different things. So it was really hard to sort of pick out a clip from the Cole Castles episode trying to decide, okay, do I want to go with something serious? Do I want to go with something insightful? Or do I go with something funny and goofy? Well, ultimately, I went with this little diatribe that came as a result of the question. Because this is such a widely spread riddle, yeah. we had a backup question, okay, too. Ahead. We had a backup question, too. This one's not a riddle. This one's okay. much more simple yeah. and straightforward, but I'm glad we came with the backup no, because we figured good. that out pretty quickly. Cole Castles, do you like camping? Oh, no. No, you're not no. a camper. Give me an RV. You want to be inside. You don't want to be in the tent. Uh, that is like showering. <laughs> I like showering. I love showering. I'll take like three showers a day. Really? Yeah, I love. Sh I just like the warm water. Like, would you rather okay. take three individual showers in a day, quick hot showers, or one long shower? <sighs> long. 
One long yeah, shower. Like how long are we talking? You tell me. I What's a yeah. long shower for yeah, you? Yeah, man, I could sit in there for, I don't know. You get lost in your thoughts in the shower, you do. too. You can have a day in the shower. You could sit down sometimes, let the water hit. You I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've done it. Yeah, everyone has. You're just bored. You're, you're tired you on a lazy it. day. And you just you, you just, just sit relax. down and feel the water hit your gut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, yeah. I mean, to go back to your camping, if yeah. maybe if, like, I, I've never really done it, like, sort of say, like, Gone all in We're on a camping trip. all in trip. on a camping trip. Like, this doesn't sound, it's not me. Yeah. Like, the outdoorsy, like, thing. Like, maybe if I did it with the right group. Do you like hiking? Yeah, like, I, been I, hiking? I've been hiking. I, we did hiking in uh, the Amalfi Coast in Italy, which is oh. beautiful. Really cool. I feel and like if you're going to go hiking. Yeah, you go. we went there and... <laughs> The maybe what turned me off to it was Vancouver Canucks prospect camps. We always did the grouse grind mountain what hike. Is, what is this? Just you run up a mountain. It's was this supposed to be like a team building exercise? Yeah, or a but it's just a grind. Yeah, it's literally the grouse grind, and it's a great thing for as a team aspect. But man, maybe that turned me off to hiking yeah. and stuff. But just not an outdoorsy just not person. A, yeah, oh yeah. I love golf. I, I'll, I'll fish. Yeah, I like. I, I don't mind fishing. Like we used to have a cottage we'd fish there and we'd boat i love boating yeah it was a cottage mm-hmm. i could go inside at the end of the night mm-hmm. and I, uh, yeah, I don't know maybe I, i'd yeah. try it see my thing with camping is is probably the most paramount element of camping yeah. which is pitching a tent and just sleeping outside yeah i i can do all the other things i'll go on a hike yeah i'll, that's I'll what walk I mean. outside like, i'll sit by the fire i'll make s'mores but as soon as it comes to yeah, sleeping like that's no, exactly. i want to sleep on a bed. cottage so yeah. your cottage yeah. lifestyle I wanna, yeah, yeah i want to sleep in a bed yeah. i'm not sleeping in a bag on the floor no, no i'm in the same exact boat with you yeah that's Why? where i'm so anti-camping right then and there yeah it's not and kudos to you if you do like camping oh yeah like, it's it's i'm not to saying, each their own yeah Total i'm not own. saying it's just not for me like same it, Mosquitoes. I freaking hate mosquitoes. They too. are the worst. Uh, the they, number one worst. Yeah, my mom says I got a special type of blood or something. I don't know if everyone's mom says that. They just attack that. you? Yeah. I don't know if everyone's mom says that, but. You're so special, that's honey. What my mom you have says. the special yeah, blood. Honestly. <laughs> Every time. Every time. But no, getting lit up by mosquitoes. The it's, worst. It's the worst when you, you start catching them on you. Yeah, and you've got like no, four, and you're you just like, I know right tomorrow this is going to yeah. be. And then you put the toothpaste. Do you ever put toothpaste on it? I've never put toothpaste on a mosquito. It works. Really? Yeah. No way. I don't know if it's a Canadian thing or just a Castles thing, but that's what we did. It actually works. Up. Does yeah. it just make you think that it works? I don't Is know it if it's like a placebo. placebo? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. But toothpaste for on me, mosquito it works. bites. For me, it works. Well, let us know now. Let us sit on the family you, remedy. You, Do you like – is to- it like Crest so it's either Colgate's? Does brand matter? No, no, no. So <laughs> – We'd always put an X on our mosquito bite, like with your nail. Your okay. X marks a spot. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't have toothpaste, you'd rub some saliva on it. You just spit in it, yeah. basically. Or or Crest or Colgate. Yeah. How much toothpaste do you yeah, use? A, like a dab. dab. Yeah, like, like noticeably, you'll see white yeah. on you. But it's, you know, it helped us. What? I don't know, man. Maybe I'm going to have to invest Maybe, in an yeah. extra pair of toothpaste this summer. Maybe our, our lake was different. We just... I don't know. Oh, you have the, your special We're blood special and your special lake. mosquitoes yeah. where you get your special toothpaste you can ask to if, clean it up. Yeah, if you ever meet uh, Mason Marchman, ask him. We, okay. we grew up on the same lake. So okay. Ask him if he did the same toothpaste thing. 
I I will ask. And you know what? Maybe this is a thing. And I've I just don't know. Never yeah, heard of it. I'm not sure. I've never heard of this. This is news I, to me. I could be. Completely. If I got a mosquito bite as a kid, you just had to suck it up. Just don't itch it. Yeah, that's nah, I itch it. Oh yeah, I, I, I would still itch it, but that's you just have to deal thing, with it. Man, it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chance of leaving the release. It. Oh, it's the best. You need to scratch it. Yeah, that's my <laughs> toothpaste and scratching it. Toothpaste and itching. Yeah. The Cole Castle's mosquito bite remedy. Yeah, Write it down, folks. Remember that for this upcoming summer when you're inevitably being eaten alive while by camping. mosquitoes while camping or not camping or not camping either yeah. way. Whatever you want to do. But keep your toothpaste yeah. handy, I guess. <laughs> Honestly. I haven't gotten the chance to test that Cole Castle's toothpaste mosquito bite remedy yet, but with us getting deeper into the summer, maybe the opportunity will arise for myself or maybe you listening out there to put that one to the test. I am skeptical, but I was also skeptical of Chase Berger singing the praises of the St. Louis-style bagel slice, and he ended up winning me over at least to try it and then earlier in this episode, ended up being A-OK as well. And folks, we're just about at that time where we like to wrap things up here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, and we like to end every episode the same way, and that's with a little segment that we call Pens Picks. Pens Picks. When it comes to Pens Picks, I always ask my guests to provide a recommendation to the fans, just something, it could be anything in the world that they could recommend. And well, now that we're wrapping up here our best of episode, a summation of the 2019-20 season, I will now recite all of the Pens picks that we gave during the season this year, starting with, right from the get-go, suggesting kids play multiple sports. Don't just stick to one sport. Play multiple sports. It'll help your athletic resume. More Pens picks. Jake Lucini's hair in college. Kombucha. Hershey Bears broadcaster Zach Fish. Tea. Dish scrubbers, where the soap goes in the handle. Go outside and play. That was a great Pens pick. And the game Monopoly. We always on Pens picks get a lot of TV shows. And Suits has gotten many Pens picks over the years, and this season was no different. Other TV shows, Safe Power and Curb Your Enthusiasm. One movie getting a Pens pick, that was Ford versus Ferrari. And no, that is not because it was considered a Lights, Camera, Fiction movie. That is actually a pretty darn good movie. Some music artists that I threw out as Penn's picks throughout the year included Charlie Bliss, Gary Clark Jr., Sam Fender, Sturgill Simpson, YBN Corday, The Amazons, Sheer Mag, Lizzo, Gang of Youths, and The Black Keys. More Penn's picks, Tattoos by Loaf on Instagram. Once again, that is Tattoos by Loaf. You can find him on Instagram. The U.S.-Canada women's hockey rivalry, The Cabin Armory, Ketchup-Flavored Potato Chips, poutine, noise-canceling headphones, crispy bacon, and to wash your hands. Those were all of our Pens picks from this past season, and now that we've officially seen the end to the American Hockey League's 2019-20 campaign and also nearing the conclusion of this episode, I'm going to float one last Pens pick out there for all of you before we wrap up. And this Pens pick is going to be a bit of a, a more longer rambling recommendation than what we're used to here, but I guess in the interest of fitting it all under one concise banner, I'll say my pen's pick is individual action. As we all know at this point, this summer is now no longer just the summer of COVID-19. 
This is also the summer that saw the murders of Ahmed Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. These heinous events, especially those that were caught on camera in the case of Mr. Floyd, have sparked public outcry and unprecedented mass protests that have gotten to the point where their message is reaching far beyond our borders here in the United States and have even crossed oceans, leading to demonstrations all across the globe. And now, I know some of you out there might be thinking, oh God, here we go. I didn't sign up for politics. I just wanted a distraction. Hey, I'm not forcing you to listen. If you want to get up and walk away from the table now, I suppose that's your prerogative. But I promise you none of this is political. I'm, there will be no mention of political figures and party lines. Believe me, I have as little interest in discussing that right now as you do. But I fear that when people start talking about using sports and entertainment solely for the purpose of some sort of escape, that can mean distraction becomes inaction. It's easy to be a little uncomfortable by difficult conversations and to seek distraction as a result. I mean, let's be honest. If given the option between feeling good and feeling discomforted, no one is picking option two. You're picking feel good every single time. Heck, I'm no psychologist, but there are probably people who would choose sadness or anger uh, over discomfort because you can actually process and understand those emotions, whereas the natural response to discomfort is get me out of here. And if you're uncomfortable or exhausted watching the news, scrolling through social media, if you're uncomfortable or exhausted confronting these issues, your feelings are valid. But then just imagine how exhausting it must be to be a black person or person of color living in this country and have to live with these issues every single day. Listening and being open to hearing the voices of those with a different lived experience is so, so huge. The empathy gap is real, people. The empathy gap is real, but without uh, being willing to dip your toe into some uncomfortable waters, that gap cannot be closed. And without that, it becomes near impossible for real action to take place. And this summer has shown us that individual action and individual responsibility to foster positive changes is, is paramount. It's necessary. And we can sign as many petitions as we want. We can perform our duties of freedom by voting at the polls every election day. And those are all incredibly valuable, make no mistake. But a lot of the time, those kind of things require us to put our faith in someone else to perform actions on our behalf. Something wonderful, I think, that can come out of this period of time is people should realize that they can't just be content to let others take care of business for them. I, as an individual, you, as an individual, need to be a catalyst of positive change. Your actions can have a direct impact on your community, whatever that is, whatever you consider your community to be, whether that's your neighborhood, your workplace, a place of leisure, or in my case, the hockey rink. That's my community. It always has been that way. And you and your actions and behavior in those spaces, they have a tangible effect on enacting positive change. By being informed, by speaking up, and being actively anti-racist, you can do your part in reforming our culture one community space at a time. Sitting back, sitting quietly, expecting someone else to do it for you, that isn't working. It's not working fast enough, and it's time for this stuff to work. Frankly, there's no way to be moderate on these topics, because one cannot moderately confront racism or moderately attack systemic inequalities that have persisted for generations. You're either in or you're out. You're in or you're out. And that means at home, out in public, and at the rink. I know that I was raised on the principle of doing the right thing, no matter how hard it may seem. And 
I have a hunch that you listening out there were probably taught the same thing. Well, these recent events provide us all with the opportunity to live by those words. Live by them as a true guiding principle and not just some slogan to make you feel good about yourself. Be a good person. Don't just say you're a good person. Don't just think that you're a good person. Act and behave as we were taught a good person would. And, and our communities, our cherished circles, they can thrive. This sort of stuff is its well overdue, but it's time. And none of this changes without a responsibility to individual action in everyday life. That's at least how I see things as they currently stand. I know that this is a major tonal shift from what we normally do on this show, but to me, this is not a probably should say, it's a need to say scenario. And so I did it. And to that same point, I need to say thank you. Thank you for listening, uh, folks. If you made it this far into the episode, uh, thanks so much for tuning in and sticking with me through this trip down memory lane. This is the end of the 2019-20 best of episode of the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast. It was another fun, fun year with tons of delightful conversations. Like I said before, a lot of insightful interviews from our players this season. I really, really implore you to go back and listen to those eps in full if you haven't already. You can find them all on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just by searching WBS Penguins, you can find the full Penguins podcast archive. But all of these episodes wouldn't mean squat without the listeners that's you. So a big, big old thank you once more for listening to us this season. Uh, some more thank yous to dole out. First of all, I must say thanks to the players for their cooperation and willingness to open up during the episodes this season. Furthermore, I have to thank them for their participation in Lights, Camera, Fiction. I took a bit of a risk when I decided to implement that segment this season, knowing full well that there was no way it could thrive without their aid. And not only did they help, they far exceeded my expectations. So thanks to everyone back in that locker room for that. I have to thank Brian Coe for giving me this platform and letting me run with so many of the crazy ideas I cook up in my brain. Uh, this show or any of our content with the Penguins wouldn't be what it is without his green light. I got to thank the Black Keys once more for providing us with the theme song for this season, plus a little Nick Hart remix for this season finale. And you know what? I'll say it again. Thanks so much for listening folks feel free to sauce us a rating on itunes if you feel so inclined those really do mean a lot and i look forward to seeing all your beautiful faces again at mohegan sun arena at casey plaza whenever that day comes but until then be good to each other everyone can't wait for next season and let's go pass.